There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. It's Tuesday, November 29th. From inside the WTOP newsroom, this is the DMV Download Podcast, brought to you by Steamfitters Local 602. Get an estimate and learn more at steamfitters-602.org. Today, we talk to our friend and colleague, Neil Augenstein, who on Sunday shared he's fighting lung cancer. It all started with a cough. We talked to Neil about his diagnosis, the plan for his treatment, and his choice to share the news publicly. Right now, I'm feeling strong. You know, thankfully, I'm relatively young. I'm 63. Uh, in relatively good health, besides having cancer. So, you know, so let's let's keep going. Part of the reason he's sharing his story is to help others recognize the symptoms of lung cancer, which often goes undiagnosed. Somebody can have uh, lung cancer uh, in them for a while, for quite a while, before they start coughing. Thanks for joining us. I'm Megan Cloherty. And I'm Luke Garrett. For the last 25 years, Neil Augenstein has covered breaking news, tech, crime, and just about everything that comes his way for WTOP. But on Sunday, he announced he's got the fight of his life ahead after being diagnosed with adenocarcinoma, a slow-growing lung cancer that spread to a lymph node in his chest. Neil has kindly offered to share his story here with us in hopes of helping others and raising awareness to a type of cancer that often goes undiagnosed. Neil, thanks for joining us today. We really appreciate that. Uh, hello, my friends. How hello. are you? Oh, good. Good. Um, we wanted to start with um, the symptoms because I just mentioned it does go undiagnosed for so many people. And in sharing on Twitter, um, the, the kind of the beginning of how this started, can you tell us what your symptoms were and, and where where this began? Sure. Uh, back in September, uh, I realized that I was coughing a, a bunch. I uh, I had what seemed like a, a dry cough. With a dry cough means that you're not coughing stuff up, you know, when, when you know, when you have a, a cold or, you know, when you have the flu uh, and you cough, you expectorate uh, some and, you know, and something uh, right. comes up that's mm. referred to as a productive cough, which is generally your, your lungs getting rid of what's not there. But I had this uh, and obviously continue to have uh, this dry cough, which just means that I, you know, that I, cough it you know it, it, there have been times where i <laughs> cough uh, enough that it you know sort of hurts my chest in the mm-hmm. same way that anybody's uh chest hurts when they when they cough a lot but um you know the uh a, a dry cough can have different different causes uh i went to my uh, to my uh, my doctor and uh you know he thought maybe it was uh, seasonal allergies which makes sense because I, I, I've never, while I've never been diagnosed with them, I do take my share of Claritin right. and, and, and Zyrtec <laughs> and, and other right. over-the-counter stuff to, uh, you know, so my nose isn't isn't running. But, <laughs> you know, so the, I tried some some antibiotics that that didn't, you know, that that didn't work. So, um, you know, my my dad, by the way, uh, did. 
die of lung cancer when he was uh, when he was 85. Oh, wow. He was he was a, a longtime smoker. I, you know, I've, I've never smoked, mm. but uh, he was diagnosed when he was when he was 80. So you know, something in the back of my mind made me think that you know I'll keep an eye on that. Mm. Uh, eventually, after the uh, the second round, <coughs> excuse me, of antibiotics didn't work. Uh, my uh, my internist uh, sent me for a chest X-ray, and that came back with uh, something that was suspicious. Mm-hmm. Um, they could see in the very first chest X-ray uh, a, a small mass uh, in uh, in my left lung, uh, and the, uh, the the doctor recommended uh, a, a CAT scan uh, for for more complete uh, you know for more complete a better look at, at what was going on. Uh, I had that and, uh, and that still showed the, uh, uh, that mass there and, a you know, some other little junk in my lungs, which could have been pneumonia or mm-hmm. it could have been other sort of, you know, some sort of infection, but, um, you know, it, it was getting more clear mm-hmm. that, uh, that I might have something that would be, you know, that should be, taking a, a look at i was referred to a pulmonologist uh you know pulmonologist deals with with breathing and uh you know he did the same you know he you know we we looked at what it could be uh but the goal was to rule out cancer i mean i knew that from from the beginning that the the whole idea of going through this would be to rule out cancer um, so, and while I certainly had enough time while they were figuring out what it was to alternate between thinking that, you know, eh, it's just pneumonia or, it's, you know, something else that, that, right. you know, that I'll, that, you know, when I find the right antibiotic, uh, it'll go away. I, I went between that and I went the total other way, uh, you know, thinking that, you know, cancer was ravaging my entire body mm. and, uh, you know, and, and I was, and I was doomed. That was such so, a human thing to think, oh, it's fine. It's nothing. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to, you know, like, right, you, you, right. like go back and forth. Right. Yeah. Um, so the, you know, between us, the, you know, the waiting was the, was the, the, the difficult part. Mm. Uh, finally, um, uh, well, I had an outpatient uh, ex- uh, exam planned for a bronchoscopy with a biopsy, which were, when they were, a bronchoscopy is when they go in with a, with a, a narrow tube while you're asleep that go, goes down your windpipe and they can take little bits of, uh, of, of uh, the mass and whatever else <laughs> they see down there mm-hmm. and, uh, and they can check that out. And uh, I had to, I went, actually got checked into the hospital a few days earlier because I wasn't, I wasn't feeling well. I mean, I was, mm. you know, feeling tired and actually, I mean, I was feeling worried. Right. Uh, and so I was, you know, I was very glad to, to go in there and, uh, you know, and, and get it looked at to figure, try to figure out once and for all what it was. And Neil, you're a reporter, so we know, you know, you must be researching the hell out of you know, this <laughs> diagnosis. So what do you know about adenocarcinoma? Yeah. Well, um, you know, I, I, as we were, I mean, I'm a, you know, I'm a newbie uh, at this, just, you know, just like, like you guys, man, I had a, you know, a couple, couple of weeks to, to right. research and, yeah. and try to uh, steer away from, uh, you know, from the, some of the scary stuff and outdated stuff that, that, that Google might provide. Mm. I've been trying to uh, keep up to date on, on what some of the newer treatments were in the event that, that I was, you know, uh, that there was a, a positive diagnosis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
So, um, you know, I, I did realize that there have been huge changes in treatments uh, for lung cancer. Lung cancer is, uh, I think, and you know, I think it's the most common cancer there is. Uh, it is also the, mm. the most deadly. But since it's the most common, I knew that there would be lots of different treatments that were being worked on. Mm. And you, know, you can list, just listen to WTOP and you'll hear ads for different uh you know, different trials, different different medications that are proving themselves to be helpful. Um, <laughs> you know, so I I'm I am learning more. I am you know I've learned about staging uh, after you get diagnosed with cancer, uh, and and I'm sure uh, I think I may have been lucky. Uh, I've been treated uh, by the Anova. Shar Cancer Institute, uh, which is you know, obviously part of ANOVA. And, uh, you know, the, the evening that I was diagnosed, the, my oncologist came in to my room that evening at 10 o'clock and told me, uh, you know, very calmly and, and very reassuredly that there was going to be a meeting on Monday and I was going to be meeting with with him and my radiologist and a surgeon. So they, you know, so the they had the whole team already mobilized and and working. They were already uh, doing biomarker testing on wow. my tumor to to figure out whether I would be uh, eligible for certain targeted therapies that work yeah. very well if you have a certain kind of, uh, of gene mutation. So all of this stuff started, uh, you know, <laughs> instant, instantaneously, <laughs> instantaneously. Yeah. And, uh, and I'll, I'll tell you, it was, you know, let me share something with you. I mean, you know, I think that I've always, I thought to myself, I don't think I could take if a doctor said to me, you have cancer. I, you know, I, yeah. I thought that, that my head would explode if, you know, if, if somebody told me that. Uh, I will tell you that they didn't say that. What they said is there are some abnormalities. And, and you know, the, the second sentence did, did mention that it looked like cancer. Mm. But thankfully, knowing it was much better than the, than the worry. Mm. And, and, the, and, you know, I lived through hearing that sentence uh and uh, soon after that i was and i am working on a plan work you know looking to to see what i can do to to get <laughs> get rid of this cough and to you know and to to live a long healthy life and i'm you know the 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 i'm overwhelmed by the by the compassion and the expertise and the, the, the kindness that yeah. the that the the medical professionals that I've dealt with uh, have shown, and you know, uh, you know, I'm, I'm ready. To, uh, I'm ready to go. I mean, let, you know, let's get going with treatment. I'm so glad they had like just like right out of the gate before they even told you they they were already moving on a plan. That's so good to hear. Um, I can hear that sometimes you're having trouble even finishing a sentence, and I feel bad that we're making you talk at this length. Can you take a deep breath? Or as far as broadcasting, how difficult is that? Well, <laughs> well you, you you bring up a, a good part about the the magic of radio. Yeah. Uh, you know, if I'm if I'm working from home, I can 
in in the the radio newsroom uh, in in the the anchors have a a, a button called a, a cough button, right? <laughs> they can cough, they can push uh, if they're going to cough, and it momentarily mutes their microphone so the audience doesn't hear it right. now, at, at home in my basement i don't i don't have the the cough button but i can when i'm uh, doing a recorded piece uh stop recording right. and start again and uh, you know eventually i i don't think the audience has has heard uh too much of a difference uh in my uh, in my voice you're you're right it does make it <laughs> difficult to to talk, um, you know, I, I, I cough less when I'm, you know, when I when I'm not talking. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it would be kind of uncomfortable to to be standing next to somebody and interview them and, and mm. be coughing all over them. <clears throat> but um, you know, uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm I'm doing the best I can. I I think that the, you know. I, I I know how to say excuse me when I uh, when I, <laughs> well, I I couldn't tell on your report this morning, Neil. I'll tell you that, and I, and it just well, sounds like it's going to be a lot of uh, you know working around it. But it's it's admirable that you're you're still working. You're still trying to do it while right. you're while you're ha- kind of have this nagging cough that you're working through. Well, thank you. I mean, the you know I it, it, I am not able to breathe and talk at the same time like broadcasters normally do. So what I'm doing now is I'm I'm taking a deeper breath and hold and holding my breath and then talking right. until uh, you know until I run out of breath. Mm. So that's the you know, that's the you know lifting the secret on on uh, lifting <laughs> right. the curtain on how I'm doing that. But it, you know it's it's not well, people that difficult. Have, people have do. wanted your secrets for a long time, so I like that yeah. we're getting to the bottom of this. <laughs> that's true. And Neil, you know, you shared this news on Twitter, and there's been an outpouring of support. You know, last night even I found myself just you know scrolling through all these. People, these listeners, even you know, VDOT, um, really reaching out to you and supporting you. Hearing this news, what's that been like? And you know, why did you initially think to really share this news with the WTOP audience? Uh, you know, I, I can't even I can't even verbalize how heartwarming that is. <laughs> I've I've gotten private emails from uh, from newsmakers who I've who I've covered. Over the years, I won't embarrass them uh, by by naming them, but they're you know, but they're people who I you know who who I've disagreed with, people who <laughs> I, I've agreed with um, over the years, um, and I think even more importantly, I'm hearing from people who've just been WTOP listeners for years. Uh, you know, one one fellow said he's been. <coughs> listening to me since he was a kid uh, i said uh, that that long uh, you know. <laughs> <You're> like thank <laughs> you <laughs> but uh you know people obviously there you know there's something wonderful about uh, about radio the connection that a listener and the person who you know whose voice they hear coming through the uh through you know through the car speaker mm-hmm. uh you know that that's what that's part of what makes radio so wonderful uh of course you know you add twitter you add facebook with chance where you can sort of engage with uh with people in a little bit more of a personal way than you than you would uh on the air but to 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 hear the the, the success stories that people have been willing to share uh, uh, uh cancer that they've been succeeding with or or a uh or a family member who was diagnosed you know 10 years ago and is now you know 85 years old and, mm. and, and going strong i'm finding that to be incredibly 
uh, empowering. You know, I mean, today uh, I'm looking forward to to getting my treatment uh, going. It, right now, it, it tentatively looks like I'll be doing uh, chemo and radiation at the same time, uh, starting uh, before Christmas. Uh, you know, I, I, from from what I'm hearing, uh, I should be able to continue to work. Uh, you know, I, I might get a little bit of, uh, of acid reflux because of its proximity to my esophagus, mm. but, uh, <clears throat> you know, my, my voice box is okay. So my, uh, my dulcet tones should not be uh, <laughs> affected by, uh, oh by this, uh, this whole treatment. Well, I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> it's, it's, but, uh, it's really wonderful that when people reach out and, and, and share their stories and, and try and offer help and, you know, in the spirit of helping others. We wanted to share just to give you guys some background on this type of cancer. A new study came out earlier this month that found the five-year survival rate for lung cancer has increased from 21% to 25%. The figure is much lower for patients of color, but that generally low survival rate is in large part because people often find out they have lung cancer in late stages. And Neil, I wanted to sort of ask you about your perspective on this because from what you shared, it seems like it took a little while to diagnose. And with a nagging cough like that, I can see myself. I could see many people just being like, nah, it's just a cough. If it's not, you know, right. You know, whatever. It's probably just allergies. It'll go away. And that's maybe how some people have found themselves in a much more dire scenario. And that that's one of the things that I learned during my, uh, you know, during the research that I've done in the, in the past, uh, you know, past couple of months, <clears throat> that cough, the, the, the cough itself often, you know, somebody can have uh, lung cancer, uh, in them for a while, for a, quite a while before they start coughing. So if uh, if if cough is the uh, is the re- is the symptom that that brings you to the doctor, that can indicate that there there has been some spread. Uh, I'm not sure whether whether we mentioned it that uh, that uh, you know I do have the the one uh, the one mass in my lung and also spread to one lymph node uh, in the center of my chest so that has uh, you know uh, you know the doctors would classify that as a uh, stage 3a i believe which is uh mm-hmm. you know uh, and you know the, the the stages go up to four as a lot of people know the way that people mark the success of cancer treatment in in many ways is if somebody is still alive Five years after their treatment. So what I'm trying to what I'm trying to do, and and I think the way that I'm planning on 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 doing it, to you know to preserve my sanity and 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 you know and try to keep a positive outlook. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think I'm I'm going to be paying too much attention to the numbers. I think I'm going to be paying attention to to feeling good, uh, to following my doctor's orders to uh to you know to make you know to making informed judgments when i when i can Mm -hmm. you know i think you know uh, i'll consider it a you know i'll at some point i'll I'll look back and 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 i will you know and and i'll judge uh you know how well i i've you know i've been able to to uh deal with cancer but you know i think that the point is that you know, I, people talk about fighting it. People talking about beating it. You know, right now I'm going to be living with cancer, yeah. and I think that you know I want my life to be happy and 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 healthy and hopeful. 
And I, I am very encouraged right now. I'm feeling strong. You know, thankfully, I'm relatively young. I'm 63. Uh, <laughs> in relatively good health besides having cancer. So, you know, so let's let's keep going. Let's let's uh, you know, let's let's see where we end up. I'm looking forward to it. I'm I'm healthy. I've got some great doctors. I've got wonderful support from my from my family, from my friends. Uh, WTOP has been wonderful in, in saying, do what you need, mm. do what you prefer. Uh, you know, let us know what we can do to help. So that, you know, I, I and I love my job. So, you know, my hope is to keep, you know, to keep uh, reporting and, and keep being in touch with, uh, you know, with people who've, uh, you know, I've made these connections with over the years. Well, Neil, we thank you so much for you know, making the time for us and sharing your story with us here today. My pleasure. I'm uh, glad to do it. I, I think I'll probably uh, do some stuff once I start my treatment. And of course, <clears throat> I'd always be glad to, to uh, catch up with you and see where things are as we get going. Wonderful. We wish you the best of luck, Neil. We'll be here for you. Thank you, my friends. And coming up after the break, Neil is not alone here. There's a growing movement among doctors in this country to really increase access to screening for lung cancer. We'll talk about what that looks like and how you can learn more. Backed by the experience of its hardworking members, Steamfitters Local 602 is ready to take on your next commercial heating, cooling, HVAC, or refrigeration project. Steamfitters Local 602 adds value to our community through its partnerships with local contractors and building owners, all while keeping the focus on improving the lives of its members and their families throughout the DMV. For work that's on time and on budget, go to steamfitters-602.org to schedule your next project. That's steamfitters-602.org. Steamfitters Local 602 changing lives. Explain your DNA on on 10 cases, man. You're inside the police interrogation room with the alleged Potomac River rapist. I'm not guilty on any of this stuff. So calm, so reasonable. Could this be the man who terrorized women for nine years before murdering a brilliant scientist two decades ago? Experience one of the most fascinating true crime podcasts available. Join crime reporter Paul Wagner for Unknown Subject, season three of WTOP's American Nightmare series. Search American Nightmare Podcast on all podcast platforms. And before we go, you know, there's one thing that Neil said that really is sticking with me. And Mm. he says, you know, knowing was better than worrying, right? And that's, and he thought that, you know, hearing the words, you have cancer was, would make his head explode. But he said, in fact, actually knowing, getting a screening and figuring out the reality of a situation was actually freeing in some sense. I feel like a lot of us have been in that situation, even if it wasn't as serious as Neil's diagnosis, you have that moment where you're like, oh gosh, could this be something really worse? Mm. And yeah, I, I can see how just having the truth, especially being in the business we are in, yeah. where we're always seeking the truth. Um, just to share, you know, the U.S. has made this big push to raise awareness to lung cancer screenings. Last year, a task force created by President Biden to fight cancer expanded screening recommendations to anyone 50 to 80 years old who mm. has a smoking history. Um, I think they were coming up with some slogan that said, like, you know, two packs a week or two packs a day or something. But basically, if you are a regular smoker, you should be screened. Right. Um, but radon, secondhand smoke, even air pollution can increase your risk. So you don't mm. have to have been a smoker yeah. to to be at risk of this, especially some of our, you know, older generation. Smoking is sort of less ubiquitous, um, preval- yeah. Yeah, prevalent in our area now. But our parents growing up, a lot of people smoked in the house totally. and in, in bars and restaurants. Um, An oncologist quote that that got me, um, there was an article on WTOP you guys can find, and we'll link it to this podcast, but um, 
This oncologist said of all the progress made in cancer survival in the last several years, a large percentage of that has been specifically in lung cancer. Mm. So lung cancer is the cancer type with the most dramatic advances in cancer therapies. And that's certainly a welcome change because for a long time there was no progress. Mm. So we heard that 25 percent. And again, like, you know, you hear that percentage. It's not an amazing number. No, it's not. But again, these cancer screenings make all the difference because you catch it early. Yeah. That changes the game. So we obviously wish the best for Neil. You can find his story um, on his Twitter. And uh, again, we'll link all the stuff that you guys need to know. If you are concerned about a loved one or have some lingering thoughts for yourself, we can learn more about it on WTOP.com. And that'll do it for us today on the DMV Download. We're brought to you by Steamfitters Local 602. And our music is by Real World. Rate our show and review it if you get the chance. And check us out on social media where we're sharing posts from behind the scenes every single day. The DMV Download is a product of WTOP News. Listen on 103.5 FM in the D.C. area, 107.7 FM in Virginia, 103.9 FM in Frederick, Maryland, online at WTOP.com, and of course on the WTOP News app. Have a great night and we'll see you tomorrow.